Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey friends, and welcome to season three of Quit Your Day Job. I am your host, Alicia Fernandez-Miranda. In this podcast, you'll learn all about the fascinating jobs that people do, some that you might never have even heard of, as you contemplate your own possibilities. I started this podcast because I've always been fascinated by jobs. I even quit my own day job to spend a year as an intern, and you can read all about it in my new book, My What If Year. It's out now and can be bought everywhere books are sold. Or head over to my website, aliciafmiranda.com, for more info. In these times of quiet quitting and great resignations and loud quitting or whatever, I think more people than ever want to follow their passion. Everyone on this podcast has, and I encourage you to do the same. Maria Romano loves love. As the founder of True Love Knots, she started her career in her 50s and found her passion performing wedding ceremonies, baptisms, and end-of-life celebrations. Where does she do this, you ask? None other than the marriage capital of the world, Las Vegas. Maria actually built her career in the rent-a-car business, where she grew her company's revenue to over $18 million a year and sold. And in 2012, when her husband, Frank, passed away, she faced a new situation. So she talks to people about finding love again, finding love with each other, and just generally loving love. Maria's mantra is that success is loving yourself, loving others, and loving what you do. And I'm hoping when I go into my next what-if career as a wedding singer, Maria will want to go into business with me. I loved this chat, and I hope you do too. Maria, I am so excited for this episode today. Thank you for coming on Quit Your Day Job. Well, I am excited to be here because you know what? Sometimes we need to quit our day job because we don't like it. (laughs) That's for sure. I agree. I've been doing these talks recently since my book came out at a lot of companies. And they'll always like call me like after they've done a bit of their research and they're like, you're not going to tell everybody to quit their day job, right? Because they work for us. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. It's really a state of mind more than anything else. But I agree with you. Sometimes people do need to quit their day jobs. And you know, I think it just depends upon the personality because there are some people that like working in that environment with the direction and all the rules. And then you have other people like me, like you. I don't think you're telling me what to do. I don't necessarily agree with you and you're not going to listen to me. So, And it just depends upon, I think, the type of personality you are as well. But you have to have the skill sets to move forward. Totally. And the stage in your life, I think, as well. There's different times where you might be happy to be staying in one place and times when you might be wanting to move. So uh, if you're listening, quit your day job, don't quit your day job. It's up to you, really. (laughs) But we're glad you're here. And I'm so glad Maria's here. So I get a ton of emails from people with very interesting jobs that want to be on the podcast. So many that I can't 
really say yes to them all. But I got this email through. I'm like supposed to be done with this season like five episodes ago. But I was like, I got to talk to Maria. I got to know what her job is like because her job is so cool. Well, you know, it's true. It is It is a really cool, cool job. Like I was telling you, I'm going to the Grand Canyon today. So let me back up a moment. I started my career in the rental car industry with my late husband. We're going back in the 70s. So I'm in my 60s. So anybody out there that's a little concerned about switching or jumping out, you know, getting out of that comfort zone, you've got to find your passion. There's no question about that. That's the first thing. But uh, my husband passed away in 2012. We sold our company, our car rental company in 2010. And I knew I needed to do something. And I love the hospitality industry. I went to a wedding ceremony at the Las Vegas Country Club because I'm in Las Vegas, Nevada. (laughs) And I saw this woman perform this wedding ceremony for my friend and her husband. I said, wow, I would like to do that. So I did some research. It wasn't easy at the time in Las Vegas or in Nevada, I should say. Because the wedding industry is a big industry, licensing was not as easy as I thought, but I did wind up getting my license here. Now it's changed. Anybody can get an officiant's license. Right. And I started uh, going out and performing weddings, but it wasn't that easy, Alicia. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I put my heels on. This is 2010, up and down the strip, different wedding chapels, but nobody was calling me like, what is going on, right? (laughs) So I I broke in the industry, actually, uh, telling the different chapel owners that I would perform same-gender weddings. So I am a wedding officiant here in Las Vegas, and I've been doing it now for 13 years. I do well over a thousand wedding ceremonies a year. Wow. But it's a different market. It's a different market. I the price per wedding is a lot lower than most of the US or outside. Now, outside of Las Vegas, I just interviewed a wedding officiant New York, and they get about two thousand dollars a wedding. Completely different, you know, business model. But you know what? You're walking into the couple's happiest days of their life. You get to share words of wisdom. You make an impact on the couple for the rest of their lives and their guest. It's an awesome, awesome side hustle or full-time hustle. I, and love, I do it. I do it part-time. Yeah. I love it. I love that you, I love that you love your job so much. For my next career, after I'm done with what I'm doing now, and when my kids go away to college, I want to be a wedding singer for that exact reason, because I think to be able to be with people on the happiest day of their life is like, what, what bigger privilege could you possibly have? And it's so fun. And usually, yes, when you're performing at a wedding, it's even better too, as far as singing. But you know what? I even take this one step further for people that are interested. I also, I'm going to be adding some components. I teach, of course, how to perform wedding ceremonies. And I have a couple of different courses, but I'm going to be adding in, and I've I've made this my passion, is how to also uh, properly go about celebrations of life. And in-home baptismals, believe it or not, there are a lot of people that want to baptize. It's just their tradition, but they don't necessarily want to go to a church or, you know, maybe one partner isn't that religious, but they will baptize their child or whatever. But the celebrations of life is another component, and it took me a few years to even want to do that, but this is something else you can do. And if you're a notary, 
If you are a notary, there's only four states that don't recognize this. You can automatically have your officiant's license. So a lot of notaries like doing this as an addition to what you know their income. Different oh revenue God. streams. It's the whole world. Okay, so before we get too far in, I want to take you through a little lightning round. I had... Oh, these, yes. Okay, <laughs> so these are just a few quick questions. Can tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. So the first one is, where's the craziest place you have ever officiated a wedding? Actually, in a hotel room, but the couple was in their pajamas. <laughs> so, and they were baby dolls. They were like baby dolls. He was dressed up like you, Hefner. That was okay. She was a little risque. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I almost want to have a whole podcast on this. There needs to be like a crazy wedding story podcast. Okay. Strangest request you have ever received for someone's officiating? Strangest request? Uh, no, I haven't had any strange request. Other than people once in a while will say, you know, do you object? And I was actually, wait, I thought of something. I did have a woman tell me that I do want you to have me say in my vows to my husband to love, honor, and obey. I'm sorry, but that is strange to me <laughs> in this in this day wow. and age. I don't ever want, I want to love you, but I don't want to, well, honor and, and obey? Hell no. <laughs> no. Oh, like that, that I thought was well, that I thought was strange, but that's okay. What is the shortest wedding you have ever officiated? The shortest? Oh, gosh. People that like to just do sign and goes. And those are about maybe, maybe a minute. Sign that's called go. a sign and go. Will you just, the I do, I do, and you sign the paperwork. My God. What is your favorite movie wedding or movie about weddings? Oh, well, actually... I like The Wedding Planner because I'm a big J-Lo fan. Yeah. And, and I love a lot of the stuff that she does. So, yes. And now she's done a shotgun favorite. wedding. That's a whole nother wedding movie. I have you seen, seen that one? That. I have to... Nope, I'm going to have to see that one. <laughs> All right. And then my final lightning round question is, tell me something about your own wedding. Actually, uh, my late husband and I, we got married here in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, it was over at the Chapel of the West, which has been the oldest, I believe, chapel in Las Vegas. It was really, you know, I don't really, I mean, I was married 33 years. Now we're going back 1977. Wow. Long time ago. And But I do. And, you know, I have to tell you, I'm a widow. And every time I see a couple when they walk down and I go back to the days of how excited I was. And I hope one day to find love again. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Well, you survived the lightning round, so good job on that. Well done. And you told us a little bit about what you do, but take me back even further to like your childhood. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I really wanted to sing. But <laughs> I okay, didn't so learn how to read music. Band. Hold on. I think we have a double act happening. I, I don't know how to read a musical note, so shame on me. And actually, I, I really, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And I grew up in the Bronx, New York. So I'm from an Italian family. And everybody has an Anthony and Maria in the family. You know who I am. I'm a <laughs> big Italian family. And we know of Italian families, you know, we don't have a tendency of talking around the table. We eat and we yell at each other. Uh, so I love that about my childhood. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I really loved being around family and grandparents. And I don't think we do enough of that anymore because we are such a society where we're spread out. I mean, just like yourself, where you're at now, 
So we don't necessarily have our cousins right down the block, right? Or aunts and uncles or grandparents. So I I do miss that bit of camaraderie. I have to say that, that family atmosphere. So you grew up in the Bronx and then you, did you move out to Vegas for work? Or for love or for both? Actually, no. I Then I, I grew up in the Bronx. So unfortunately, my parents did divorce. And then I eventually moved in with my dad and his wife. And they lived in Orangeburg, New York, just right outside of New York, Bronx area. So from there, I was 21 and he was moving to Las Vegas. They wanted to do something else. My dad was in the masonry business. So he had a construction company. He, his father, and his brother, you know, they got a little older. He wanted to do something else. So he came to Vegas in 1976. I moved out. And I actually, I went to work for Budget Rent-A-Car. And that's where I met my late husband. He worked for the corporation. He came in to train me. I was going to be their sales manager as well as rental agent. Now, mind you, I worked on the strip. So people would come in and say to me, Oh, do you actually live here or do you commute? I mean, this is what people said in the 70s to you. Like, <laughs> did you think I commute 300 miles away to come to work in Las Vegas? We, but, but population was only 180,000. Now we're close to 3 million. Completely. Wow. Yes, think about it. It's grown like crazy, Alicia. Really. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, then I met Frank. We opened our own rental car company. But I got to tell you something. That was not my passion. That was not my passion at all. I had to, uh, you know, of course, I ran the rent-a-car company. And then later on, unfortunately, Frank in 1997 had a heart attack. And it was called the Widowmakers, but he survived. Mm. He actually had a heart transplant three months later after that heart attack. He had a heart transplant. Yes. They flew him from Vegas to Tucson. And that was a, a whole different journey that you're never really prepared for. But he lived. He lived 15 years post-transplant. And I wow. always knew I was going to be on borrowed time. And I knew, uh, and I was thrust into running the rent-a-car company. It, like I said, I did it. It wasn't my favorite thing, but I did it. I learned a lot. And I uh, and I knew that when we sold our company, and I knew he was still on borrowed time, and I wanted to do something that was light, that was easy, and you know, wedding ceremonies are really there's very little pressure. There's very little pressure as far as I'm concerned. As the officiant, it's not like you're the event planner where you're putting everything together. So, and that's I found my passion. I love love. See, I love love. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So when you, you know, you kind of decided this was what you wanted to do, you mentioned it was not such an easy process to get your license and then to start your business. So take me through a little bit of what that entailed to actually be able to do this in practice. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yes, well, in Nevada, they you have to be affiliated with a religious organization. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be affiliated with a religious organization that's located, like let's say in Las Vegas, but they have to be a domestic corporation, foreign corporation. So I had to find an online process to become affiliated with them. And then, of course, they do a background check on you, very important as well, and you get your license. So that's what happened then. But it did take me a few months, I will say that, a couple of months to do that. But then this was my challenge. My other red hand in the house. Okay. My challenge was learning how to officiate. I mean, I was looking for somebody to teach me. Nobody wanted to teach me. So I had to sort out YouTube. I had to watch different ministers and what they did and put together my own ceremony myself. That's why during COVID, I decided to put together a course because there wasn't anything out there. There are a few people out here that now do it, but I thought it was, but my course is like an affordable one. I have a $37 Jumpstart course with videos. But the point is, is I really want people to have a foundation because you, when you start performing wedding ceremonies, you really want to make it your own. You don't want to actually copy somebody else or clone yourself. It's like, does everybody want to be a singer like Beyonce, her voice? And you know, you really want to walk into your own. So that was the hardest part was finding because the ministers were very proprietary. First of all, it was a male-dominated industry. I left a male-dominated industry, okay? And I still have couples that'll say, oh, we didn't want a female minister. Like a little too late now, (laughs) And so does the couple choose you? Do they, how do they find you? And then once somebody does, you know, once you're like, okay, you're going to officiate a wedding, what's your process with them? Well, first of all, I, I have a little different business model because of in Las Vegas. So I work with a couple of clients, like for example, Maverick Helicopters, Mm -hmm. they will text me and say, Hey, are you available? This is the client. And I will tell them yes or no. I have a few clients like that. I work with Chapel of Flowers, Flamingo, and the Mirage Hotel and the Venetian. So you can only have so many. But I also do privates as well. So privates will find me either on a Google search. That's how they will find me. I used to be on the knot. Not anymore because there's so much competition in Vegas. I mean, yeah. you have you have six, four thousand you know, celebrants, ministers here that perform weddings. So it's it's pretty competitive. So I really work with the companies that, you know, seek me out, but I love private. So when I actually, most of the time I'm walking in, I'm meeting the couple for the first time. Wow. And I will chat with them about their love story. And I actually incorporate it into the wedding ceremony. But I've been doing this enough. I've been speaking in public speaking enough. So it's easy for me to to incorporate everything in. The ceremony is about 12 minutes long, maybe 15. After that process, I talk to them about the paperwork. So in, in Nevada, we have 10 days to file it. They get a keepsake and I always tell them to go online and order up all their certified copies. So and usually, you know, I I have to tell you what I really love about this is when you're performing a wedding ceremony and it's not just the couple that's in front of you, but all of a sudden you'll see another couple sitting in the audience and then 
the guy or girl, or if they're two girls, they'll grab their partner's hand. They'll just start snuggling because they remember their day or they may be hoping for their day. That's the gift. It's That's the gift of it. You're just it's really- so true. So true. Love. You're just spreading love. That's it. Something that- uh, had other people on the podcast who have transitioned from one career to another. And I think something that people fear in making a tra- career transition is that they will have wasted their time and skills on whatever they were doing before in their new thing. What characteristics of building and running your successful rental car business and selling it do you think have made you a good wedding efficient? Well, actually being around people and uh, leading people. And one of the key things is leading people is most people think leaders are leaders. They're out there telling you, no, a good leader listens and learns all the time. And it wasn't an overnight process for that to happen. So I think my skill sets of also not just dealing with team members, I had to deal with creditors to get credit lines. You know, so you're dealing with credit institutions, you're dealing with insurance companies. So there was a multitude of areas that I got involved with as well. And that all of that helped me. But that doesn't make you a better wedding official. You don't have to have those skill sets. What really makes somebody that really has the desire to want to do this particular business is maybe wants to learn how to speak publicly. It's a great stomping, you know, stomping ground for that. Or maybe they want to break into something else, like they want to sing at weddings or, you know, maybe do event planning, but they're just not too sure. So they decide to do this. But I think anything that you do in life, it doesn't matter that any skills that have to do with communication. And really enjoying the customer experience. I call it the cus- the couple's experience, listening. Those are things you can take anywhere and do anything. Love that. What do you think is the biggest misconception about what you do? Something that people maybe think is true about people who officiate weddings, but isn't. Well, actually, they think I'm going to be somebody that's going to pull out almost like and put a habit on or like, you know, a nun's. <laughs> they think it's a minister. <laughs> I can confirm because this is in video. I want to confirm that Maria looks absolutely fierce today. She's got like a leopard top on. Her hair looks absolutely fly. Like you don't, you don't need a wimple. Okay. Like you're looking great. Well, but people think, oh my God, this is a minister, right? We got to be prim and proper. And I think that's what they find. And they find out I'm nothing like that at all. And I do use, not in my weddings, but on occasion, I do use a curse word or two. I'm not going to say I don't. (laughs) I love it. And You've mentioned, you know, that you love love. Would you say that seeing, being around love is the best part of your job? Oh gosh, I have to tell you. You know what? When, it doesn't matter. You can have a day where you're just feeling down, right? And you just, you know, you're just, oh, poor me, the pity party. We all, we all have that. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and you could be Jennifer Lopez, right? You still have those yes. days like that. You know what? And when you walk in and you recognize that you, are part of a couple's special day. I mean, that is a gift, Alicia. That's a gift. Because remember what I said, what you said, what you say to them has a life. And take this one step further. What you say with the to them has a life because when they leave, when they go throughout their time together, there might be times where they pull from the memory of what you said that stayed with them because they could be going through some challenging times in their relationship. 
And what you say can help pull them through that. So really, it's a gift and it's a powerful gift, a powerful gift, and it needs to be used properly. It's beautiful. What would you say is the worst part of your job? Well, you know, sometimes you deal with, unfortunately, people will forget their marriage license. They get a little angry. I had that happen. And, you know, almost as if they're going to blame you. You have nothing to do with it. Most chapels will always say before you show up, make sure you bring your marriage license. Make sure. And I actually had an incident for the first time a couple of weeks ago. This couple came in. They had all these young kids. They had 10 kids between both of them, all different ages. I would have been nervous wrecked to begin with. And the poor bride, you can tell she wasn't even properly dressed. And he says, I says, oh, by the way, I'm your minister. I need a marriage license. He looks at his wife to be. And she says, I didn't bring it. I forgot it. Mm. You know, he exploded. He exploded. That's the worst part is being able to control your emotions. And really, they're not the first that's going to forget it. And they're not going to be the last. And Mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world. You can do a commitment ceremony. You can come back, bring the paperwork. We cannot do a legal ceremony until we have the paperwork. So that's probably the worst part is people, I think that they, their energy is high and they're excited. And then all of a sudden something happens and that one little blip, they just make it, they just actually, you know, focus on that a little too much. So you try to, to work them through it and they usually feel better later on. It's fair enough. I mean, weddings can be so, they're joyous, but the, in the lead up, the anticipation can be so stressful that I imagine you've got people at like. It's like a tinderbox, like something could just set them off and they could go over the edge. Well, it's true. And you, Or you have family that's breathing down their neck. And I will always have family leave when I'm meeting, uh, you know, if it's a first look and I'm just meeting with one partner versus the other. And, you know, that's something else. And, and you know, one of the things, too, is we're seeing a lot more of people transitioning uh, sexes. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing is... We ha- uh, there was a wedding ceremony that somebody performed and the bride actually had a beard. So you really have to learn how to control your immediate emotions. These are people getting married, regardless of what you think, okay? Love is love mm-hmm. and accepting love is something that you need to be able to handle as well. And that's we're seeing a lot more of and a lot of officiants are having sometimes a little difficulty. I've just learned to move through it. But not everybody is like me. So, yeah. Do you think having attended like so many weddings, this is, I'm just purely curious. Like, when you see a couple, do you get a vibe like this one's going to last? Or sometimes see couples and you're like, this marriage is never going to work. Do you feel like you can tell that in the moment? Sometimes we, I have been a little bit judgmental. I'm not going to say I don't. Especially, you, there was a time where I was seeing a f- slew of renta brides, I call them, where they are women that come from the Philippines and they hardly speak the language. And, you know, the guy you can tell is he wanted a rent a bride. But you know what? Maybe they'll find their voice. <laughs> and they come with their own free will, but that's true. Who am I? Who am I? You know. Yeah. You you had a line in your bio about how you love to talk to people who are looking to find love again. Tell me about that. Yes. I, so during COVID, I actually wrote a book called Going from Just One to a Plus One. When Frank passed away, I was 57, almost 10 years. And 
Let me tell you, it's getting back in the dating world when you have been with a partner for a long time is a little bit frightening. And the dating today is a hell of a lot different than dating was years ago. We have the apps available. We have speed dating. We have so many different things that are available to you. And getting to vet people, that's the other thing as well. So I wrote a a short book and just kind of helps people get a jump start back into the dating world. And one of my lines in the book is I have a whole uh, chapter devoted to what I coined as boomers adolescence. (laughs) And what happens is, right, because even though you're a boomer, sometimes men and women act like they're teenagers all over again. It's like, where's your head? You're supposed to think from the waist up, not the waist down. And that's what happens. So I give them some great information. It's just something to arm themselves with. And I speak about that as well. And I, people can find love again. You know, one of the, the largest areas where people are dying and they have a lot of heart disease, addictions, is because they are lonely. Sure. And you can find a partner no matter how old you are. You might define it differently. It might not be that romantic partner with that hot, passionate sex. It could it could be somebody that you're really, you're good friends with and you travel with and your dinner partners. The loneliest hour for people like me when you're single is dinner. It's the loneliest hour. Yeah. So yeah, I help work them through that. Thank you for asking. I just, I, I love it. I love your whole vibe. I love it all. I'm thinking I need to bring my husband to Vegas and we need to get remarried with you as our efficient. So well, yeah. uh, 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 I'm your girl. I'm your girl. <laughs> 100% this is going to happen. Marie, I love this. I love to finish up my chats by asking for advice. So I think you have made being a wedding efficient sound very appealing to people. So what advice would you have for somebody who's thinking, I want to try this out? Well, you know what? I think you should try it. And you, the worst thing you can do is not do it. And that's the best advice I can give you. I love that. And people can check out your course if they're interested in learning more, which you have online. Where can people find you online? Actually, it can find me very easy. Maria at truelovenots.com. And it's T-R-U-E-L-O-V-E-K-N-O-T-S.com. And I'm going to also provide you with some free downloads that you can give to your listeners that if they're looking to jumpstart a wedding business for tips and also a ceremony outline, I'll make sure I send that over to you. Love it. I'm going to put it in the show notes so everybody can access it. Maria, thank you so much for today. Oh, I am just thrilled to meet you. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Quit Your Day Job. We are produced by Zibby Audio and want to send a huge thanks to Zibby Owens, Chelsea Grogan, and the team at Texture Sound for their support. Don't forget to buy your copy of my What If Year, which is out now. You can also sign up for my mailing list on aliciafmiranda.com or find me on Instagram at aliciafmiranda. It's the best place to hear about future podcasts and, of course, memes about Gilmore Girls. And if you decide to quit your day job, please share that too. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.